Tom. Hi, it's 6.09 on December 5th. It's Tuesday. We're making our way through. It is your morning ritual. With me, Garrett Lewis, on KNST AM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk, and there are three things that I think you need to know. Because that's just that's just how it is. Oh, boy. And there's all kinds of things. I'm debating. Should you report news if the news doesn't really happen? That's the question. Should you do that? Yeah. I don't know if it's a... They, I'm not going to... This is a bonus, like... Uh, before one, Are so we it's about like fake news. No, no, no. Oh, they. I was making dinner last night because that's what I do. Because my wife makes me. She's a slave driver, and and all of a sudden there was a um, there was a report that came out, and it was like, oh, the uh, there might there's a word word on the house floor that the uh, there there might not be a vote to take the the house bill with the senate bill into conference, the tax reform bill. And I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing? Oh my god! And after like 15 minutes, they're like, oh no, it's good. And I'm like. <gasps> Idiots, but hey, it's, anyway. So I was like, "Do I? Do you do that? Do you not do that?" Anyway, listen. Stir in the pot. Ah, it's something. That's what I was doing. I was cooking. Anyway, we well, were in that nice. Thank uh, you. French. Uh, Let's just say yes. Thing. Three things I think hey, you friend? need to know. <laughs> Number one, you know that fired FBI. Was he fired? He was fired from the Mueller team. That FBI agent who's now in HR. He's Toby from the Office. No, <laughs> you never saw the Office. No. Sorry. There is a lot wrong with you. I mean, I knew that beforehand, but I'm finding out there's even more, right? There's even more. Mm. So uh, anyway, this guy, uh, uh, Peter uh, Stroke, Stroke, yes, Stroke, that's how you pronounce it, Stroke. Anyway, uh, apparently he interviewed Michael Flynn and Michael Flynn lied. He was involved in that, but do you know he actually interviewed... uh, some Hillary associates, Cheryl Mills and Uma. Uma. And you know what happened? This is from the Daily Caller. They lied to him. They gave him misleading statements in interviews. You know what happened to them? Nothing. Mike Flynn lies. You know what happens? He gets his life ruined. Huh? How about that one? How about them apples? It's kind of a big deal, isn't it? It's kind of a huge, huge deal. Uh, second thing. That I think you need to know. Supreme Court allowing the full Trump travel ban, which is kind of a good thing. Uh, it's kind of a great thing. Now, it doesn't mean it's it's going to happen. This is the third version. It doesn't mean everything else is bad because there's other challenges in the lower court. But right now, they're like, yep, uh, we're going to allow it in its full effect. It was a 7-2 to vote, by the way. Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg voted against it. Uh, but the other seven were like, no, you could, it could go into effect right now. But they also said the other, the lower courts need to hurry up with their decisions about the Trump travel ban as well if they want to get a complete like ruling and a final say in everything else. But that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm like digging that, right? I'm digging that. That's that's a fantastic, fantastic thing. Uh, the third thing that I think you need to know, and this is a big one that's not really getting a lot of news. Um. President Trump once again has separated us from the United Nations. According to the Washington Free Beacon, we will no longer participate in the UN organized global compact on migration, which is the United States mission to the UN. And uh, and, and basically it's all about, um, like you said, migrants. 
Apparently, Trump pulled us out of this because, well, we were uh, worried about threats to our sovereignty. Administration officials cite the need for the country to define its own immigration policy independent of the mandates of the United Nations, which is huge, which is exactly what we wanted. Am I right? Or am I right? Why is this not, why is this not getting more, more pub? I mean, this is exactly, you know, this is one of the reasons Trump was elected. Because it's mean. You're being mean is to that the what immigrants. It is? Or they just don't want people to know good news of like, oh, we can make our own rules. See, the Obama administration already uh, signed on to a declaration for refugees and migrants. Uh, it aimed at setting up uh, this whole thing by 2018. And apparently we were going to abide by UN rules and everything. And Trump's like, nah, we're going to make our own rules. We have sovereignty. Yeah. Which, uh, here you go. And uh, you, 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 you do that along with what he did yesterday. And was it uh, uh, Bear's Ear? I think, it, you know, when he gave... Uh, a ridiculous amount of acreage, which need, meaning a large amount, back to the uh, citizens of Utah versus the federal government saying, we're going to take this whole swath and you can't do anything. We know better from D.C. than what you need there in Utah. And people were complaining about that, which of I course, thought was really weird. Because he might take, why would you want to give the land back to the people that it actually belongs to? Because right. those people are selfish capitalists and they may actually do something that could start businesses on it. And they might do natural gas. It might, it's going to hurt the planet. Hey, thanks. You've been to China lately? Yeah, well, they um, uh, let the people decide that live there what they want to do with it. Uh, if, if not, move there and try to do something yourself. Other than that, leave me alone. Leave it alone. Uh, we'll have more on that because I think it's just, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Let's start with some comedy uh, because, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're just, are you sick of this? Did you hear it? Let's, the crazy lady, Nancy Pelosi, 97. Um, I mean, we are over the over-the-top rhetoric, aren't we? Just a little bit. I mean, we think it's funny with, like, the little Bobby Corker and, uh, you, you know, crying Chuck. That, that's, that's, I don't think it's over-the-top rhetoric. I think it's just funny. However, I want you to hear uh, Nancy Pelosi on the tax bill. Here we go. Listen to this. Healthcare, the debate on health care is life-death. Mm. This is Armageddon. Uh, this uh, is what? a very big deal. Armageddon. Because you know why? There's really a very hard way to come back from this. Well, there's one thing to do. Call Bruce Willis. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But not Ben Affleck. He grubs people. We don't need Ben Affleck here. I don't want it. Buscemi would be cool. I'd like to hang out with Buscemi. He was in that. He was in Armageddon. It was not bad, right? Yeah. Um, uh, What's his name? One actor died. No, no, no. No, uh, Michael. He was in the Green Mile. Right. Not Michael. (laughs) Not Michael Hemsworth. No. Uh, that's Liam, I think. Anyway, oh, anyway so anyway, uh, he's dead, so he can't help. That's just terrible. Seemed like a nice guy, uh, but yeah, no, it's Armageddon. There, there, there. I mean, no, aren't you over this stuff? Yes, the world is going to end. Everything is going to collapse. We are all going to die if we get our own money back and jobs are created. I know it's it's Armageddon. There'll be Michael Clark Duncan. That's what it is. I knew it was three names. Uh, cats and dogs playing together. We're going to cross the streams. It's all over. It's all over. I mean, really? Yeah. So that's that's, uh, that's what they're doing. That's what they say. And I don't think the public buys this stuff anymore. And whether or not Roy Moore did or didn't do it, we don't know. But we just, we don't trust this stuff. We don't trust any of it. So I'm over it. Um, now, this, this whole story, and I'll put this on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Please like it and follow it. This is a big deal. About Trump pulling us out of a U.N. immigration deal. 
And again, it's not the sexiest thing. It's not like Matt Lauer and the, you know, taking it out. And and we, we have other funny stories we're going to get to, but this is one of the stories where you're like, this is why I elected this guy. You know, this, this is why I voted for him because someone's looking out for us. Um, our ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, said America is proud of our immigrant heritage and our longstanding moral leadership in providing support to migrant and refugee populations across the globe. No country has done more than the U.S., and our generosity will continue. But our, our decisions on immigration policies must always be made by Americans and Americans alone. We will decide how best to control our borders and who will be allowed to enter our country. Hallelujah. Right? This, this, this is great. This is fantastic. Uh, Obama signed us up to this UN-organized Global Compact on Migration, a GCM. And Trump's like, I'm out. I'm out. Nikki Haley said the global approach in the New York Declaration is simply not compatible with U.S. sovereignty. Hallelujah, again. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, that apparently was fake news that he was leaving. He was going, remember that whole thing? He's leaving, he's out, and eh, apparently not so much. He concurred with Haley's analysis. He wrote that this New York Declaration, because that's where the U.N. is, uh, contains a number of policy goals that are inconsistent with U.S. law and policy. Now, of course, the U.N., they are very upset. Some guy named, if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, I really don't care, Miroslav Lechek, president of the U.N. General Assembly. Wasn't it Ban Ki-moon? Boutros, uh, Boutros Kali? Yeah. That was back in the day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this guy expressed regret. He was very upset. Quote, the role of the United States in this process is critical, as it has historically and generously welcomed people from all across the globe and remains home to the largest number of international migrants in the world. Yeah, no kidding. So leave us alone. Uh, uh, were we the bankroll? We're always the bankroll. That's what I'm saying. It's time for you guys to pay. As such, <laughs> it has the experience and expertise to help ensure the process leads to a successful outcome. Bye. Um, we don't need the UN to basically tell us what our migration, immigration, whatever you want, policy needs to be. Right? Um, we do it ourselves. And that's the way it always should be. But we've had a bunch of globalists in charge Going back to Obama and Bush and Clinton and Obama. Wait, but Obama, Bush, Clinton, and then Bush the first. All globalists. Hear about Germany? Oh, boy. Uh, Germany um, was warned that they, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Uh, a top German spy is warning, and this is why we want to make up our own rules and not just be a bunch of, you know, naive People, Germany's top spy warns the country faces a massive danger from brainwashed ISIS women and children returning from Syria. Yeah, Germany lost about a thousand people and Europe up to 15,000 to ISIS. Women and teenagers left for Iraq and Syria. Now they're returning home. Want to know why? Because we're winning. Uh, Obama called, remember he called ISIS JV and for years he's just, you know, acted as if they couldn't be defeated and whatever else, wanted to ignore it. Trump's been in there uh, almost a year, and people are leaving like crazy. They are just, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Yes, uh, but uh, Hans George Mawson said there are children who have undergone brainwashing in the ISIS areas and are radicalized to a great extent, and now they're going back to Germany. Hey, Germany, maybe you should do something about it. You know, maybe you should stop the people. Maybe you should ask them. I know it's crazy, right? He said, quote, we also know that there are women. There are women one can rightfully call jihadists after living 
for years in ISIS areas where they identified strongly with ISIS ideology. He said not all returning home intent uh, in perpetrating terror, but insisted we must keep an eye on these women. But we'll let them all in. Why not? We'll let them all back. Why, why should we be smart? And that's the thing. We are not them. And I don't think, and we will never be them, hopefully. So that's the big difference. You do what you, if you want to destroy your own country, you destroy it. That's what you do. We're going to be okay with doing what we do here. 621. Uh, I have the latest from the laughing hyena, Joy Behar. We talked about it in the show yesterday, Ryan. Uh, what was Joy Behar going to do after she got so excited about Brian Ross's fake news about uh, Mike Flynn and Trump? Well, she decided to make a comment on it. You hear what she said? Was there eating crow? Oh, wait till you hear it. She it's, was eating something. It, well, yeah. That's coming up in about five. KNST AM 792, Sod's most stimulating talk. Talk. All right, 629, thank you for hanging out. Don't forget my iHeart channel, iHeartRadio.com. Search Garrett Lewis. That's all you have to do. Ryan adds stuff to you. You added to yesterday, right? Yeah. Of course you did. I mean, yeah. that's what you do. Every day. Ryan's clockwork, man. Uh, something goes up. You. Entire shows, segments, interviews, highlights, you name it, it's there. Uh, also, if you if you have the iHeartRadio app, you can just search Garrett Lewis on that. It takes you right to my page. Download it. It's free, and it's easy to do no matter what device you have except for, like, the jitterbug because then, I mean, I don't know. You're on your own at that point. I can't help you with that. You know, I got neighbors that sell flip phones, and I can't send Are you pictures serious? of anything. Yeah. Seriously. Ugh. 54 outside right now. Going to be 68 today. I, I know I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say either. Going to be in the 60s till this weekend. They're going to be in the 70s after that. All right. So, They're not uh, even old. I don't get it. Eh. <laughs> Way to insult old people. What? I like it. Jitterbug. Yes. So, uh, all right. What is, this is what we got. We have uh, the cackling hyena, um, Joy Behar. Let's play number 98. So she basically was like, all right, I got a little excited on Friday. Ha, 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 ha. Listen, here we go. So, uh, anyone notice? <laughs> so on Friday's show, apparently I was guilty of premature evaluation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a pill for that now. <laughs> Major delay. There you go. Way to make fun of it. 99, this is the best right here. This is She continued. Here we go. 99, Joy Behar making uh, an excuse of things. Here we go. I mean, I would say that this is a, people are slamming this as fake news. But to me, it's a mistake. It's not, it's not he didn't deliberately put out a false piece of information. Yeah. He made an error. Yeah, he didn't just, you know, deliberately put out false information. I mean, it's not like he has a track record of that with, like, the whole Aurora thing and, like, the weapons of mass destruction. Saddam Hussein. No, no, no. It's, you know, no, it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, and then Megan McCain, number 100. Yeah, that's the one. Uh she was upset because she was the only one. She was like stunned. Now she, you know, she's her dad. She hates Trump, everything else. She's the smartest thing of all time. Horrible radio host. That's why she's booted. Uh, I could say that. She's not an employee. Uh, so anyway, uh, she, you know what's funny? She goes, yeah, she, she couldn't do a radio show. She's one of these, these TV people. And listen, she has never earned a job. If her last name was a McCain, she wouldn't have any of the jobs she got. Let's just face it. Uh, and she went from radio to like what, Fox? where she had to sit with four other people on a couch for an hour. This is what cracks me up again. I have a four-hour radio show. It's me and Ryan. Uh, can't mostly do that. Mostly, mostly me. It's true. Uh, and then, and then that's okay. And then she one-hour show, you need four other people. Another one-hour show, The View, four other people. Listen to what she says. She decided to go to The View. And just, just listen to this. Here we go. 
Wait, 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 wait. Fake news? Hang on, hang on. She went, she said, I went to a Christmas party and she goes, I a lot of my friends are conservative media. It's not a, not a secret. And I went to this, I went to this Christmas party and they viewed me as part of like the whole fake news thing. So, blah, blah, this is what she said. Fake, fake news and what we did on Friday, that's what I was being accused of being a part of. And I don't want to sit on a show where I feel like we're giving fake news or reacting irresponsibly. You do realize you're on The View, right? <laughs> so quit. I don't want to be on... Play, 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 play it again. It's, I thought that was just hilarious. Like, you do realize you're on The View and you're sitting around with Joy Behar and some other cackling hyenas who literally have no clue as to what's going on in the world. Go ahead. Fake, fake news and what we did on Friday, that's what I was being accused of being a part of. And I don't want to sit on a show where I feel like we're giving fake news or reacting irresponsibly. So go, I'm out. <laughs> but no, of course she didn't do that. That's how clueless she is. Oh, duh. All right, 633 on KNST AM 790. Uh, coming up in about uh, six minutes. Oh, baby. Um, you know, of some reaction. Apparently, I think this is a plant. Uh, I'll get to a couple things. ABC News boss apparently goes crazy on his new staff of what Brian Ross did. Um, and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Herm Edwards was hired by ASU. Uh, did you see the statement they put out about what he's going to do, like how he's going to be the head coach? This is like the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to read you the little paragraph and let me know if you understand it. I mean, you can be a college football coach. What do you want to do, right? You want to recruit, get guys, teach guys how to tackle, how to pass. Right. Nope, this is totally different. This is not going to end well. It's coming up in six. Here's the latest from Fox. Your wife. Yeah, do it. She'll tell you. 640, thank you for hanging out. Oh, Why don't we baby. ask yours? Oh, you leave me alone. Why not? Leave her alone. I'll call her right now. I know. Stop it. All right, fine. Uh-huh. Uh, 976. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> 1-800-in-the-doghouse. There you go. 1-800-doghouse. So uh, there are three things. Well, you know what? I actually just, just you know, go to Facebook.com slash Gary Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. I just put up that story about uh, what Trump did uh, to, to pull us out of the U.N. immigration deal because it was just so bad. That way you could see it. You could share it. And uh, you can comment. You can do all those kinds of things. Facebook.com. Slash Garrett Lewis Radio, like and follow. And if you're on Twitter, follow me at Garrett Lewis. I tweeted it out as well, and it's pretty sweet. And uh, it's be you know, I'm just telling you because I, I liked it, a lot. Anyway, three things I think you need to know. There's a lot of stuff uh, that is that is just going on. Uh, again, number one, I think uh, Trump pulled us out of a UN immigration deal that would have given us uh, more refugees, more migrants, that kind of stuff. It was it was going to be something that Obama set up, which. Literally made no sense. It was the global compact on migration. We would have foot the bill, taken the most, done everything, and the U.N. is mad. No, and Trump's peeps, Tillerson and Nikki Haley, said, you know what, we're, we're going to do uh, what is good for America first, okay? We're not letting other people decide our immigration laws. Good, 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 good. Second thing that I think you need to know, Supreme Court allowing the full Trump travel ban for now uh, it might change once the other lower court rulings come up as well. There's going to be even more challenges. So just let it go. Let it go like frozen. Just let it go, please, for goodness sake. Uh, third thing, I think you need to know. This actually might be even a better one. I, I, I like this. I know we had the, inner, the Hillary. I mean, the Hillary guy. Uh, the FBI agent that was fired from the Mueller team because he uh, his anti-Trump bias, he hated Trump and texts. He was texting his FBI mistress about it, blah, blah, blah. He got Flynn on lying, but apparently a couple of Hillary aides, uh, Cheryl Mills and Uma, misled him, lied to him. And you know what happened to them? 
nothing. Nothing. Uh, three things I think you need to know. This is going to ruin the entire uh, the entire uh, Mueller investigation. By the way, there, I've seen online people saying that this is all being orchestrated by Jeff Sessions. This is the draining of the swamp. Like Mueller, Sessions, and Trump are all in on this. I know. It's like the ultimate in conspiracy theories to where they're all in on it. To drain the swamp. Well, Trump had to act as if he's mad at, yeah, to, at Sessions. Sure. Uh, to let Sessions go behind closed doors and do what he needs to do, uh, expose the people in the DOJ and the FBI that are trying to stop Trump. And Mueller uh, knows there's nothing on Trump, so he's going to start doing these things that expose people and corruption. But I'm like, I, it's hard for me to buy into that considering everybody on Mueller's team. But maybe to do that, he had to show the front that he hates Trump. To, I, I don't know, to hire a whole bunch of lawyers that love Hillary and hate him. I, I don't know. Seems a bit much. Keep but friends close. Yeah, but I mean, that, there are people uh, uh, on that I've seen. <clears throat> um, one is Larry Schweikert on Twitter. He's a bright guy. He's up in Chandler, knows Bannon. Uh, he, he is very descriptive and very entertaining on Twitter. And he is a big believer in that. Big believer in that. So, um, now, uh, there's... Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We got to get to the uh, the what's about the the ASU thing real fast. I just find this to be hilarious. Um, and then we will get to the ABC News thing as well because I I think that's a total setup. It cracks me up that people are going to actually believe this. Uh, now, really quick, um, ASU hired Herm Edwards to be their football coach. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But whatever. I, is he cheap? Who knows? He's gonna. Do something. What, what? I don't. I don't. I don't get it. He put out a press release. ASU did, and it's going around. It's going viral. People are like, what does this even mean? Seriously, like, what does it even mean? In the Arizona Republic, they highlighted it. And I thought this was hilarious. Uh, it's a new vision for their football program. And if you're a Wildcat fan, I mean, you love Rich Rod or whatever, you're gonna love this. The press release talked about a new leadership model for the ASU program. A new leadership, what does that mean? It's college football, new leadership model. I mean, what it comes down to, you got to recruit people. Like, you have to be a great recruiter. Otherwise, there's no way you're going to get good players. Doesn't matter what you do, right? So, ASU's press release. ASU and Vice President of University Athletics, Ray Anderson, has unveiled unveiled plans for a restructured ASU football model named former NFL head coach Herm Edwards as the 24th head coach, blah, 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 right? Once it's approved by the Board of Regents. So it says here, the department's new leadership model will be similar to an NFL approach using a general manager structure. Wait, wait, what? It's a collaborative approach to managing the ASU football program that includes sport and administrative divisions, which will operate as a distinct but collective units focused on elevating all aspects of Sun Devil football. So they'll be distinct and collective. This structure will allow the department to form a multi-layered method to the talent evaluation and recruiting process, increase its emphasis on both student-athlete and coach development and retention, and provide a boost in resource allocation and generation. This sounds like a horrific email sent out by a large corporation about what they're going to do and someone trying to justify their job. Gets even better. Our, our goal for this football program is to reach unprecedented heights, and therefore, we need to find a way to operate more innovatively and efficiently than we have in the past. Or you could just recruit better players. I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. It's 
In the spirit of innovation, again, this is ASU football. Our vision for the program, this program, is to have the head coach who serves as a CEO and is the central leader with a collaborative staff around him that will elevate the performance of players and coaches on the field, in the classroom, and in community. Okay, and of course, equally important, the head coach will be a dynamic and tireless recruiter. That's like the most important thing right there, but would be a good coach, but I, a general manager structure. That sounds like corporate America. So this whole email sounds like corporate America. I thought they were against corporate anything. Yeah, I, I, well, who, ASU? No, they're all corporate. Everything's yeah. corporate. It's no, college. I, right, yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it just sounds like a... Like something that you would get from a large corporation down to the people. What somebody, you know, when somebody literally has no job, they make up corporate idioms and they just say that we've all had managers that do that, right? They just say the most corporate idioms. And it's just like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you even talking? And it's in all industries. What do you mean? What are you saying? It doesn't make any sense. Paradigm shifting. There you go. Well, you know, there are certain corporate idioms that you have to, you know, we're going to table this. We're going to do that. And uh, I mean, you just, just, we're going to resource allocation and generation. Wait, wait, what? We're going to streamline your functionality. Exactly. There you go. I, it's, it's, it's just, it's in crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, now beyond this, let's go to the craziness of ABC News where Brian Ross is still suspended. Apparently it's being leaked out. And you know, listen, you can't fall for this. It's being leaked out that the ABC News head honcho is just mad. Oh, he is just upset. So bad. Story from Fox News, ABC News boss berates staff or botched Brian Ross story report says. Why would he berate the staff and not just Brian Ross? James Goldston raged in audio obtained by CNN. Really? Quote, I don't think ever in my career I have felt more rage and disappointment and frustration that I felt through this weekend and through the last half of Friday. I don't even know how many times we've talked about this, how many times we've talked about the need to get it right. He reportedly added, really? That's how we have to be right, not first. That have to we have to be right, not first. About how in this particular moment, with the stakes as high as these stakes are right now, we cannot afford to get it wrong. And magically, it leaked out to the media. Because right now, I mean, give me a break. Right now, nobody believes anything coming from ABC News. So the only way to to try to get people back is to seem like I swear we didn't mean to do this and try to take down Trump on purpose. Total, I totally, I uh, yes. I mean it. So we have to totally stage this and stage the audio so people will believe that we're upset and they can start to watch us and think that we're actually giving non-fake news or news. (laughs) I'm not buying this. Yeah. Apparently told staffers a review would be conducted and Ross, who has been suspended without pay, would no longer be allowed to cover stories about Trump. Right. Right. So some other slug will do it, right? Sure. Yet ABC News issued a clarification. Um, they gave uh, they they gave just a wuss a wuss reaction to their fake news. In 2001, Brian Ross incorrectly reported Saddam Hussein's Iraqi dictatorship may have been responsible for anthrax attacks that terrorized the U.S. months after 9/11. Ari Fleischer, who was the White House press secretary at the time, tweeted Saturday, he, he, quote, explicitly told ABC News not to go with the anthrax story because it was wrong. Brian Ross went with it anyway, and one week later issued a murky, hard-to-understand correction. They're full of it. They're full of it. So uh, there you go. He's done other mistakes. We know all this. Okay? 
What a like. Okay, in 2010, Brian Ross fronted a report called "Taking on Toyota," claimed that uh, Toyota's cars contained a def- defect caused unintended acceleration. The report included footage of a tachometer shooting from a thousand to sixty-two hundred RPM in seconds while Ross sat behind the wheel. However, the same footage showed the car Ross was inside was was parked with the doors open at the time. Well, what is that? What does that mean? Oh, apparently there's a key expert. Ross cited it was a paid advocate for trial lawyers involved in litigation against Toyota. So it was a one-sided report to try to take down Toyota. This guy's done this stuff all over, all the time. Yeah. What? Why was the tachometer rev? I don't know. If the doors are open in the uh, whatever, whatever. Was somebody pushing down on it? I, that, that, would, that would be the only know. case. That's all it says. They don't drive themselves. So they, they didn't back then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now they might. So anyway, yeah. this guy's just full of it. I think they're all full of it, so we have that. Uh, all right. Um, we have much, much, much more to get to. Oh, so uh, is there going to be a government shutdown over amnesty? Does the public want this? I mean, this is like the perfect thing. Guess what the public thinks about that? We'll get to that. And at 710 this morning, uh, a professor proves she should be unemployed. Uh, apparently, uh, if you eat meat, you are a male chauvinist. She talks about how women can fight back. Oh, this is just, this is classic. Absolute classic. Then we got into another great story. A mayor of a town in Minnesota loses her mind because she says white people have white privilege and gets in an argument with people. This is unbelievable. So good. You've never heard anything like this. We'll get to that coming up. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Save 10%. All right, 707, I get another big swig of coffee. It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things that I think you need to know. I think these are the most important things. Uh, Number one, Trump put America first again. Story from the Free Beacon. Trump pulled us out of the United Nations organized global compact on migration. What was that? It was an immigration deal. What was it going to do? Make us take more uh, migrants, refugees that we didn't know what the hell they were doing and where they're from and what the background is and everything else. And it was all global and U.N.-based. And Trump had uh, Secretary of State Tillerson and U.N. Ambassador Haley say, uh, you know what, we need our sovereignty, we have our sovereignty, we're going to make our own uh, ideas. We will decide how best to control our borders and who will be allowed into our country. That's what Nikki Haley said. That's a huge win. That's America first right there. That's why he was elected. Second thing, I think you need to know, this is very interesting as well. Um, According to the Border Patrol, they say arrests have plunged to a 45-year low, while arrests by deportation officers have soared. What does that mean? That means people are stopping trying to cross the border because they know they're going to get caught, and the ones that are here illegally are getting arrested and deported. Wow. Uh, It says here in the AP, the numbers released by the government show deportation officers are taking Trump's call for an immigration crackdown to heart. Even without the funding increase that the president has sought from Congress for more hiring. So they're actually doing their jobs and taking pride in it. 
This is a big friggin' deal. It's working. Uh, third thing that I think you need to know is that uh, the FBI agent that was demoted to HR, the crooked one, who was I mean, big guy, he was like the second highest FBI agent when it came to counterintelligence, the one that they got fired from Mueller's team for his anti-Trump texts. Turns out he uh, he interviewed Hillary's peeps, Cheryl Mills and Uma, and they lied to him. They misled him in statements. And you know what happened to them? Nothing. Complete opposite of what happened to Michael Flynn. That's my daily caller. Three things I think you need to know. It's all crooked, man. It's all crooked. The FBI has some great people at work, except in the upper management part. So there you go. There you have it. Oh, man, we have so much, so much going on. There is so, oh, man. Um, wait till you hear what Joe Scarborough had to say. Wait till you hear what Mika's face had to say. We'll get to all that stuff. And in some crazy mayor going on about white privilege, which, oh, it is just epically entertaining. Uh, however, uh, college, giant scam. Well, I mean, not all of it, but some of it is. I mean, let's face it. I have, I have actually a bunch of college stories in here. Uh, and it's, it's, it, they're all kind of, the stories are all kind of related. Um, the headline from Campus Reform got me. You ready for this? Eating meat. I mean, who doesn't love meat? I would steak last night. I love burgers. Lucky. Yes. Yes, I am. Apparently, since I eat meat, do you know what I perpetuate? Hegemonic masculinity. Wait, what the hell's that? You did some kind of demon worship? No. Uh, uh, apparently, and I looked this up, my hegemonic masculinity, it's the practice that legitimizes men's dominant position in society. And justifies the subordination of women and other marginalized ways of being a man. So basically, it it shows male dominance and puts women in their place. Wow, that's so you know working. what? Throw me a T-bone. <laughs> I'm just throw your whole cow, man. You go. You're gonna need it. I'm gonna eat that right in the cow. It's, yeah. You know who came up with this idea? A very angry woman. A Penn State uh, sociology professor, Penn State University sociology professor, recently argued that eating meat perpetuates hegemonic masculinity and gender hegemony. Uh, yeah, I... Wait, wait, what? What? Yes. So every time you go to a restaurant and you order a steak, it's because you're trying to exude your dominance. It's not that you actually enjoy the flavor of steak and you enjoy a steak. Uh-huh. What yeah. about ladies who order a steak? That's a great question. I mean, my kids love steak. Yeah, I, well, they're, they're boys. You're raising so, them yes. to be a bunch of chauvinists, obviously. Uh, gender, uh, the whole. Uh, I, I I don't even I don't even know. Whatever. Based on interviews <laughs> with Argentinian, ready? Based on interviews with Argentinian vegetarians. Why Argentinian ones? This is this person gets paid to be in college. This is a professor. Anne D'Alessio hyphen Parson, because she has to have a hyphenated name, guaranteed, claims women use vegetarianism to push back against the patriarchy and that male vegetarians seem more egalitarian and respectful. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I find vegetarians, some, not all of them, I don't want to stereotype all of them, uh, to be... Um, Why are you going to stop now? I know. Sometimes a little bit bitter, a little bit angry. 
And I, I found, because I, I said this, if you're new to the show, years ago, my wife made me do some kind of a cleanse where we didn't eat meat. <laughs> we, like, didn't eat sugar. In the first 10 days, no meat. And I and it was like a whole vegetarian thing. I was angry. I was, You know why I was angry? Because I was starving. And I'm like, that's why vegetarians are so angry, because they're always hungry. This actually happened. Uh, this is in the most recent issue of, you ready for this? Journal of Feminist Geography. Hegemonic masculinity implies an imperative to eat meat. It makes us seem powerful, she says. So she interviewed 23 vegetarians who live in Argentina, Argentina to probe how they deal with the country's meat-centric culture. Finding that being a vegetarian itself is a political act. No kidding, really? Uh, she argued, you ready for this? Vegetarians, did you... I mean, this is vegetarians <laughs> contribute to the destabilization of the gender binary. How do you come up with this stuff? Well, let me let me explain. Quote, the decision to become vegetarian does not itself destabilize gender, but the subsequent social interactions between vegetarian and meat eater demand gender enactment or resistance. Refusing meat, therefore, presents opportunities in each social interaction for the binary to be called into question. Noting women, for example, may not consider dating men who eat meat, while male vegetarians might end up spending more time in the kitchen as opposed to outside on the grill. All actions which can destabilize gender norms. So she's saying that if you don't eat meat, you'll probably be inside the kitchen. But if you do eat meat, you're going to do the man thing and get on the grill. Which, okay. What if you do both? Because I'm just telling you right now, you're listening to a radio show where me and then Ryan over there do both. We're in the kitchen and on the grill. I'm sous vide ribs right now as we speak. Oh, there you go. Here's the thing about this, my man. What? Uh, I think she's also saying that a vegetarian and non-vegetarian, they can't date. Because it's breaking the social the social binary of the mm. of the such and such and so like It's and not so. meant to be. Right. Like they, they, yes, they, they just don't have enough in common and... I, I, That's I get, dumb. I've never understood. You know what? You know what? This the whole point of the story is that this woman gets paid to be a professor at Penn State University, and there's no reason for that. She is literally <laughs> creating things. That's my point. She's it's, creating segregation. Is what she's creating. She segregation. And a very, a very poor dating pool. As yes. Well. Like she's just angry. She's just mad. Mad. Um. And then she said. Her interest in this issue arose after spending five years as a vegetarian in Argentina, where she worked with ready community organizations as an English teacher. Okay. She realized vegetarianism isn't just a lifestyle choice. It's a feminist act. So now if you're a vegetarian, even if you're a guy, congratulations. You are a feminist. Women. Yes, seriously. Being a vegetarianism is a feminist act. So I guess for guys also. And she said women, one of the ways they push back against patriarchy they say, this is my body. You don't get to tell me what comes in and out. That has nothing to do with being a vegetarian. I'll tell my wife, like, hey, how about a steak? Nah, I'm not in the mood for that. I think I'm going to do chicken. Okay. She's not a vegetarian. She didn't want steak. She said vegetarianism is a way women can assert their agency and autonomy. Again, this is just like, I've never been out to where I'm, you know, I'm going to like tell my wife, I'm going to order for you and you're going to like it. I wish mine would. I, I wish so, too. I think I'd order better for her, but I'm not going to get in the way. I don't know how many times I told my wife, just get me whatever. You're going so-and-so place, that whatever. 
well, do you want this? Or do you want that? No, that's do you want crazy, this? man. I don't trust look, her on that. I, look, she's not going to order the right thing for me. I, I'm very, I'm very easy. I'm not. I'm like very funny when it comes to that stuff. There I'm you not, go. I'm not. So, um, she noticed characteristics unique to male vegetarians. You ready? Asserting, although many men in Argentina still have these very hegemonic masculinity traits, male veg- vegetarians seem more egalitarian and respectful and more open about talking about how sexism exists. With women. Now, they're very passive-aggressive when it comes to males. But I, I want to know, uh, would you say that more vegetarians lean left? I mean, is that what it comes down to? Because they're the ones that would you know, start talking about that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, it's, well, if they're eating the soy, they're getting a massive dose of estrogen. That's why I don't touch soy. Uh, Leave it out. It, everything about it's gross. Uh, she said, if we can pay more attention to what we put in our bodies, we can create a better sense of peace in the world. Dude. Go back to my 20s. You know what? I get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vegetarianism is a part of that, she said. Okay, so if you're vegetarian, you be peace in the world, you fight back against man, and there you go. I mean, this is, this is just... Again, why is she employed? Like, what is your point? And she published it, and again, my, this is my favorite one. I didn't know there was an actual journal of feminist geography. Is there a journal of masculine geography? That's what I want. You know what? You know what the journal of masculine geography would consist of? What? Not asking for directions on where to go. <laughs> That's what it would be. It's like a roadmap book. Exactly. <laughs> I read Fine. this. Yes. Don't don't ask for help. <laughs> Stop telling me I'm driving like a maniac. There it is. I know where I'm going. <laughs> a journal of feminist geography oh my goodness gracious uh i don't even know what you can say 880 knsd good i know i hope it hurts it makes me want to have a steak actually you imagine going to a restaurant are you offended if i have a steak am i keeping you down as a woman am i am i somehow stopping you from doing what you want by me eating a steak the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my entire life. Only if she didn't want to cook a steak that night. You know, you're right. you know what? Yeah, <laughs> what? exactly. <I'm> <laughs> but I actually gave into what my wife wanted to stop eating steak for 10 days. So she dominated me again. But us publish that. <laughs> what? No, no, no. She didn't. We both stopped eating the steak. I was saying with the, the cleanse. We stopped eating steak behind your back. Then yeah. that's the only thing. Is that why she wasn't angry like me? Yes. No, no. Vegetarians compensate by drawing on scripts of femininities and masculinities that hold a difference. Women cook meat and reassure meat eaters. Men make rationality-based claims, demonstrate strength. What? This? Just shut up. I gotta love this. Uh, men embody rejection of the meat masculinity uh, nexus by adopting a worldview that also rejects sexism and racism. So now if you eat meat and you think there's nothing wrong with it and you're not just being a masculine person as a man, then you must also reject sexism and racism. All by eating it in co- this. This is college. What a what a joke. What an absolute joke. Really? Okay, hang on. Tom, Tom welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey. Hey, good morning. Have you had chimichurri uh, Argentinian beef? Uh, No. It's it's phenomenal. I don't know what she's complaining about. But did she just mention that there is a gender binary? Is she eliminating? Is she not including all the other alphabetical letters? Uh, Just 010101. I don't know. Oh, there. So she is she she's eliminating alphabetical letters by just going with a binary. 
It's just the the gender binary. That means there's only going to be two, correct? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, there's science. Hmm. Well, what about the transgenders? What if you're a, what if you're a transgender vegetarian? What happens at that point? You know, I think I think we should pull her uh, pull her ability to write any more papers. Hey, easy, Matt Lauer. Don't pull her. Just tell her that you know oh. she. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thank she you, should man. be fired. Take care. Thank you, Tom. She should literally be uh, fired. Why college is expensive? That's only one example, by the way. I have another story apparently about how a, uh, a a college administrator says that uh, white children are going to turn out very badly unless their parents are progressive. We'll get to all that stuff. Uh, however, coming back in five minutes, uh, we got to change up. I'll do more college stories in the next hour. Um, Matt, Matt Lauer. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, Joe Scarborough. I got thrown off. My mother just texted me. It's because you're whipped. No, I want to eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good stuff. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika just, you know, I thought it was bad last week when Matt, uh, when uh, Joe Scarborough said, that Trump has de- people are telling me that Trump has dementia. People close, yeah, I'm sure people close to you are going to tell uh, close to Trump are going to tell you bad things about Trump. Okay, so uh, apparently uh, Mika and Joe just literally. I mean, remember when Fonzie jumped over the Shark Tank? Yes, I thought last week they may have done it. I think this took the cake. You got to hear what they said. It's coming up uh, in five. KNST AM seven ninety two sounds most stimulating talk. <laughs> ah, yes. How's it going? Going to be sixty eight. Room temperature. I hope, I hope you're not room temperature. temperature. 68's room temperature. That was like 70-something. No. It's like it's freezing in that's here. That's why you lived in Tucson way too long. 55 out now. Yeah, it's really cold in here. I like it that way. 55 out now in the 60s for the next few days. By the weekend, up in the 70s again. Uh, because we are we live in Tucson. Leave me alone. It's global warming. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. All right, uh, so I'm going to put this video up at KNSD.com, but you have to hear it first. Uh, you have this uh, this Joe Scarborough and his fiance Mika's face. Um, I mean, just literally jumping the shark. Again, I thought it was bad last week. Uh, do you have that ready to go, the Joe Scarborough thing with Mika's face? You jerk. Yeah. You want me just to bring it up and... Uh... Yeah, we'll guess. This is on the fly stuff. It was probably about a minute or so in, I'd say. Maybe a little, yeah, a little more. Try that. Let's see where we are right there. Let's see where we are. Here we go. I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening because I don't yep. know if they were arrogant or just incredibly unself-aware about and Trump. really dumb about Ooh. like what the job was about, how important it was, and how under the microscope every move you made would be i think they just thought they'd go in there and flim flam and riff through it you know and i think they're shocked that the noose is tightening and that tightening. people might go to jail you're exactly right for the that, rest of their lives the, 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 Pause the, it. really they're going to go to jail for the rest of their lives hillary he, hasn't so if <laughs> so when these people and you just heard them these people literally Tell you that uh, it shows uh, people close to Trump told me when he was campaigning that he's got early dementia, early signs of dementia, you know, and man, I, I just got to say it. I just got that was last week. These people are the mental ones. Trump, there's no actual diagnosis for a mental health thing. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just what I hear right now. The people's obsession, they are obsessed. With hating Trump every day, they're just obsessed over and over and over with just making up these things. And it, it gets even better. Here we go. 
The, the, what's gotten them where they are right now, Josh, is a gross misunderstanding mm -hmm. of the rules of Washington, the laws surrounding public service, mm. and constitutional norms, yeah. coupled with Here we go. the arrogance of New York developers thinking, and be, I know, I talked to them, thinking people in Washington were just dumb local yokels. Yeah. And they, they, they just get out of our they way. They don't know how to do don't, 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 don't wait. Don't no, no, no. Listen, deals. listen. You guys have had your opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And you got, come on. You're just a bunch of hicks in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Let, let the big city developers come in. We're going to show you. They wouldn't listen to anybody. Pause and it. It's not just, it's not hicks. It's, it's all of them. And it's not that just they're dumb. They're dumb and corrupt. Maybe you haven't seen the whole thing about ISIS. They're getting the hell out of the Middle East in Syria and Iraq because they're being defeated. I don't know. Just saying. Uh, economy seems to be booming. You know, there's another story, too. But you, you're right. Everything that uh, all the other guys, Democrats, Republicans in the past, it's worked out really well with North Korea. How's, you know, it's not like they're on their way to get a nuclear weapon because for the past 25 years, we've been paying them off to go away. How'd that work? That work okay? Yeah, I don't like your facts. Well, because they're correct. Well, there's that. And they're facts. But he's crazy. And he's just too stupid. I mean, you can't just sit back and say this stuff. Oh, by the way, uh, this is out. Uh, there was a poll taken. Uh, and according to Gallup, you ready for this? Gallup uh, says 51% of people uh, of currently employed adults say they're searching for new jobs uh, or watching for new job opportunities. And what's more, they say uh, they are optimistic about their chances. 47% of workers say now is a good time to find a quality job. So 51% of people working right now, employed adults, say they're searching for new jobs or watching for new opportunities. 47% say now is a good time to find a quality job. In 2012, when you know who was there, only 19% of the public agreed it was a good time to find a quality job. In short, employees today believe it's a, it today. I uh, believe a better job is out there waiting for them, and one in two is looking. Yes, 51% of people, they think, I can get a better job right now because people are creating jobs. They're wanting to hire you. They're fighting for you. They're going to pay you more. The demand is there. Best time to find a job, a new job in years. All right. It's been nice working with you. Yep. Going to go to my dream yep. job. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, but you're right. No idea. All right, that's all we need from those lunatics right there. Yeah, a bunch of hicks. They just don't get it. Uh huh. Uh, Seven thirty-four coming up in about uh, six minutes. Uh, you got it. We're you know we were gonna do that that lady at eight ten, weren't we? Uh, the one, the crazy one, the mayor. What? No, 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 no. The the crazy one, eight ten. Yes. I tell you what. Uh, because there's other stuff we need to get to as well. I think yes, we're going to. I'm going to give you some insight. Uh, well, let's do some more college stories. I have some great college stories. Uh, one college apparently is, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that cut Faber College. Yeah. One college is buying comfort kits for their students. Do you know what it is in a comfort kit? Who's paying for it? We have that. And I'll see if I can get to the other story also about apparently a uh, college administrator says white children may forfeit their humanity if not raised by progressive parents. So my kids are going to have no humanity. It's coming up in about six. Here's the latest on KNST from Fox. Yes. Hi, 742. 
68 today, man. Really? Wow. Digging that. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. That way uh, you can, well, you can see what I put and I can see what you write and things like that. And you can share it. I put up a video that, that Ryan found. It's a uh, an old take on a Christmas classic. Uh, most wonderful time in eight years. Actually very, and I'm not into that kind of stuff, but I thought it's actually really funny. You're going to enjoy it. So like and uh, follow my Facebook page, and then you can see it for yourself and share it and follow it. It's all there. And if you don't like it, they can blame you because it's on your blame, page. Blame Ryan. Ryan showed it to me. Three things that I think you need to know. They Number, show it to you? It's crazy. <laughs> well, that, all right, Matt Lauer. All right, uh, three things I think you need to know. Uh, number one, Trump put America first, did the right thing. The right thing. He uh, apparently said, all right, why are we in some Obama agreement with the U.N. about migration and immigration? It should be up to us. That's right. Uh, Obama signed us up uh, a few years ago uh, to be in part of something that was going to be created next year, the Global Compact on Migration with the U.N., and we'd have to abide by their guidelines of who gets into our country. So Trump said, "Uh -uh." so we had Nikki Haley say, listen, thanks, but no thanks. We have our own sovereignty, and we set our own immigration policy. America first, not getting a lot of pub, is it? Second thing that I think you need to know, uh, and this is pretty big, a report came out from our government, uh, AP calls it the most complete statistical snapshot of immigration enforcement under Trump. Border Patrol arrests have plunged to a 45-year low. Arrests by deportation officers have soared. What does that mean? People realize when they come across the border, they're getting caught. So apparently they're not coming across as well. How about that? And yet we're going after the people that are here illegally in this country. We'll have more on that in the next hour in detail. I think that's awesome. Third thing I think you need to know uh, is that the uh, fired FBI, well, at least the demoted FBI agent, stroke. Uh, he's now with HR at FBI, which is ludicrous. Anyway, uh, he uh, is part of the Flynn interview, and he busted Flynn. He busted Flynn for lying to the FBI. Yet he also interviewed Cheryl Mills and Uma, Hillary's two right-hand females, and they misled him and lied to him about Hillary and emails, and nothing happened to them. There you go, double standard. Three things I think you need to know. All right, so uh, this is this is a beaut right here, Clark, as well. Uh, University of Cincinnati really has, uh, I guess, a soft spot. The students do for snowflakes. They are snowflakes. They are snowflakes. The University of Cincinnati student government, this is from the Free Beacon, has decided to pay for a workshop next semester to teach students, ready, how to make comfort kits. Wait, comfort kits? Like what? Like what? I mean, you know, comfort food, I'm in. Give me some chocolate. Give me some pizza. I'm in. Pasta. No. No, no, no. These items include worry stones, putty, fidget toys, paintbrushes, journals, and nail polish. According to the bill that was passed by the student government at University of Cincinnati, the kits will provide support and comfort to survivors of gender-based violence and others who feel like they need it. You ever suffer from that gender-based violence and be like, I just, I, I just need to get through this if I just had putty. Not David putty, just putty. If I had a worry stone, what is a worry stone? Can you it's, a little a little rock. Worry stone? it's a little rock that has is that, like a little smooth spot in it. Is you, that, rub it. you just rub it. You just, and you rub your worries away or your fingerprints or you get you need a callus. carpal tunnel. Yeah, something. Okay. Okay. Well, um... 
Apparently, this program will be run by a nonprofit sexual violence advocacy organization called Women Helping Women. At the same meeting, by the way, student government also approved funding for a local bartender's training program. Yeah. To educate and empower bar staff to intervene and prevent any violence they might see. You know, all they have to do is watch the movie Roadhouse and just be nice. There you go. You know, they say something about your mother. Be nice. That's all you got to do. You got to be Dalton. You just got to be nice. Bar staff will be trained to read danger situations and know how to intervene when someone might be in danger of sexual assault. Call the popo. Mm-hmm. Get this. So this Women Helping Women will be running this program as well. It'll include 10 to 12 hours over three to four sessions of teaching bartenders how to identify tells and dynamics between men and women of abuse or assault. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, who pays for all this stuff? The college? Uh, undergrad and grad students at the University of Cincinnati pay, uh, they're required to pay an annual campus fee of 514 bucks a year. And that's what it's going to be used for. 514 bucks a year for comfort kits. Now, it's not the only place. Uh, there's self-care programming as well besides this. After Trump won, University of Michigan Law School and Plymouth State University held events allowing students to de-stress from Trump's win with Play-Doh coloring and bubbles. Country's in good hands. You want to know why? Because my kid's going to be tough like that and not going to go for this garbage. Ain't happening. Give him some steak. Yes, he's going to eat steak. And he's going to laugh at Play-Doh. He actually wanted to laugh at Play-Doh. Again, I told you, he circled everything in the Toys R Us magazine for what he wants for his birthday and for Hanukkah and Christmas. Everything. Everything. You know what you should get him? Some rocks. Just go some out to the front yard, front yard and get what are you some, from Boston? And get some front yard rocks. Front yard rocks? Yeah. No, that's I'm, I'm cool like that. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I put the uh, video of Joe Scarborough Mika saying that the Trump team is going to be locked up for life. Because why not? It's up at uh, knst.com. I'll put it up any second now. i got to just hit the button to hit enter for knst.com, and it will be up there. You want to know why? Because that's what I do for you. Uh, there's much more. I have other college stories. Oh, man. What I, and again, you got to hear this at 810. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you get out of your car, listen at knst.com when you get to your desk or on the iHeartRadio app if you're getting out to go somewhere because a mayor decided to lecture her council apparently on white privilege and she got owned, and she literally lost her mind. I'm not kidding. She literally lost her mind. That's coming up. KNST AIM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Save 10%. I'm here. It's 806. I'm here. I'm here. Where are you? Hi. It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis. KNST AIM 792, Tucson's. Most stimulating talk. There are three things that I think you need to know. One, and this is not getting a lot of pub, but apparently the Trumpsters put America first. Obama signed us up to be in some kind of a U.N. immigration deal, let's just say. It's called the Global Compact on Migration. And basically, who we, uh, we're, who we would allow in this country would not be decided by us but by the United Nations. So Trump sees that. He's like, nah. And he had Nikki Haley over at the UN say, 
Our decisions on immigration policies must always be made by Americans and Americans alone. We will decide how best to control our borders and who will be allowed to enter our country. So we're out. And of course, the UN is very upset that we're out. And to that, I say, eh, whatever. That's a big thing. This is America first. Why elected him? Second thing that I think you need to know. This is another big, gigantic thing. I'll put this on my Facebook page at Case, uh, Canis, uh, wait, It's Facebook.com slash Gary Lewis Radio. Like it and share it and do all those great things because it's very important. Uh, government came out with some data. Get this. Ready? Um, amount of illegal immigrants. Washington Examiner. Amount of illegal immigrants caught at the border drops 24% from last year. Lowest since 1971. 1971. Because people aren't trying to get over here illegally. They think they're going to get caught and be sent back. It's not worth giving them, you know, five grand, ten grand of coyotes uh, to get them over here. Now, on the same token, apparently arrests, uh, deportation arrests are soaring. ICE agents are doing their job and doing it well and all this other stuff. It is soaring. So you have people not crossing the border nearly as much lowest since 1971, the amount of arrests. Uh, and then the amount of people being arrested inside the interior of, of America because they're here illegally is soaring. That's good. Three, th- all you're going to hear today is Mueller, 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 Mueller. So I'm just giving you other stuff. Third thing, I think you need to know, speaking of Mueller, turns out the guy, um, the dirty FBI agent, uh, Stroke, that's his last name, Stroke, he he interviewed Flynn and said Flynn lied to the FBI and he's throw the book at him. Uh, he also interviewed two of Hillary's top aides, Cheryl Mills and Uma, Uma former Wiener, Uma ex-Wiener. Yeah. And guess what? They lied to him. They lied to him. They misled him in statements. And nothing happened to them. Uma denied knowing about Hillary Clinton's server until leaving the State Department in 2013. And he wrote the summary of his interview. It says Aberdeen did not know that Clinton had a private server until about a year and a half ago when it became public knowledge. But apparently... Those undercutting those denials are email exchanges in which both Mills and Aberdeen either directly discussed or were involved in discussing Clinton's server. Going back to a February 27, 2010 email. HRC email coming back. Is server okay, Mills? Oh, that's what she wrote. Uh-oh. Mills and Aberdeen involved in an August 30th, 2011 exchange with, with uh, the State Department official Stephen Mull mentioned Clinton's email server is down. But they told him we didn't know anything about the server. They lied. He interviewed these two uh, in 2016. They lied. Three things I think you need to know. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? I just put up a video at KNST.com, and I'll share it on my Facebook page. I'll do it. I'll tweet it out. At Garrett Lewis on Twitter, please follow me because I think it's good. Uh, I'm not hesitant to ask you to follow me because John McCain said, we're so close to 3 million followers. Can you, can you please follow me? And he lost like 30,000 followers. They're like, we're unfollowing you, jerk. That's cool. So apparently there's a town in Minnesota. There's a lot of towns in Minnesota. You're, you wear that? It's, it's real news. There's There are towns in Minnesota. And uh, normally I just don't care. It's just too cold. I'm over that stuff, right? I'm, I'm just done with it. Um, but there's a town called, I believe it's called New Brighton. I don't know where it's, what, what's near New Brighton. I don't care anything about that. Brighton Beach is near New Brighton. No, it's not. Brighton Beach memoirs. I don't. I just don't. I don't care. However, there is somebody that does care. The mayor 
of New Brighton, Minnesota. Her name is Val Johnson. And Val's an old white lady. And it's very important that you know Val's an old white lady uh, because she's got some mental issues. She believes that um, she has white privilege. And apparently Val thinks everyone has white privilege. So when Val brought this up, I guess, at her little town meeting there in New Brighton, Minnesota, a white woman actually challenged her and Val lost her mind. All kinds of bodily functions were happening. All kinds of things were coming out of her mouth. You, ha- I can't describe it any better way except to actually have you hear it. Have you? And it's coming up now. And we're going to pause for reaction at some points. But it, the whole thing is unbelievable. And I'm glad that somebody stuck up for themselves and stuck, you know, and said, hey, "Screw you! You telling me that I have white privilege? You, you know nothing about me." Like when that crazy lady from Atlanta said that I have white privilege, didn't even know me. You that? do. Can I cash in on it? What do I get from it? If I have it, I want to use it. You get 10% off your purchase when you buy of two. Of where? <laughs> I don't know. White socks. I don't know. Okay, li- listen to this meeting. Listen to this crazy old white lady uh, think that she has white privilege and all white people have white privilege. What is she going to do about it? Anyway, here we go. Listen. Okay. We all have white privilege. We don't know what it's like to not have it because we do. We what? go everywhere and we're just, we have that. We, we don't know the go difference. Ahead. We don't know what it's like to not have it. Go and faster? I said, we no. can't do, what. look at who's up here. We can't move forward as all being people of white privilege. We can't because we awesome. don't know the difference. Because everybody it looks like on the council from the picture I see, there's like uh, seven people, including her, and they're all white. Yes. So she's like mad at the white people for like being white and stuff. Here we go. Let's listen. We don't know the difference of not having it. Because I'm white, Uh-oh. you think I was privileged my whole life? Are you kidding? Uh-oh. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. When they came here, my grandfather came. They didn't speak English, but they assimilated. But I, I, but I resent that you think that I had white privilege. Everybody I work for or with is usually from another country. And they say to me, here's what they say, is we as Americans don't realize, and it doesn't matter what color we are as Americans, because I believe we are all Americans, is that we are privileged to just live here. So I don't want to think that this body doesn't feel that um, they can't represent people because they're white. And that, again, to me, is just saying I'm different because of color. No, I might be different because of culture, because of tradition. But those are the things that I think I always ask when I, because I work with these people, I ask about their country, I ask about their families, I ask how, how it is, how they feel about America, all of that. That's how you get to know somebody. That's how you get to understand where they come from and where their opinions come from. But I don't think you can make such a broad brush and say that we've all been privileged or that we don't understand because we're white. You are the exact reason we need this this commission. Whoa! If you don't understand white privilege, then you are not representing those people. You're not willing to listen to them. And what you have just said is the most racist excuse me whoa by the way notice there's two women or three three women one is silent 
These two are going out. The other four guys, like, I'm not getting in this argument ever because <laughs> you're never going to win. Never going to win. Don't you love the people that think you have white privilege? If you disagree, you're just a flat-out racist. You saying this by you saying that you know these people and they say that we're all privileged to live here? That is the most racist thing. How is that racist? This old white lady thinks that it's racist if you don't acknowledge that you have white privilege. Whatever it is. Anyway, okay, let's continue. Don't you ever, Uh ever accuse me of that. You have no basis to say something like that in public and no basis to that, say something like that. Then let me let me rephrase it. That statement was one of the most racist things I've ever oh, heard. What statement? That's better. That you, that you are offended by the fact that you're not feeling the, the white privilege thing. Oh, God. White privilege exists, and it, it is something crying. that we need to accept in this country just accept it. And you don't have to, in your You're opinion. interrupting me, and by well, golly, I'm running you know this what? meeting. We're on camera. I'm running this meeting. She should at that point go, you know what? I am going to interrupt you. I'm using my white privilege to shut you up because you're just done. <laughs> like it. It's the fireworks are just starting to go off. If you're just tuning in, this is a mayor of a Minnesota town at a council meeting, Val Johnson, arguing with, I don't know the name of the woman who's like, I'm standing up for myself. This is this is ridiculous. Uh, if you don't acknowledge, don't you love it? If you don't acknowledge what I believe, you're racist. That's exactly what the other side does. If you don't acknowledge global warming, you're a horrible human being. You want the world to end, you're terrible. If you don't acknowledge this, you're racist. If you don't acknowledge this, you're that. Let's continue. Here we go. Me of something pretty big here. I yep, and I, it's unacceptable because you have no case. But you're out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. No, I have basis for it based on what you just said. No, you don't. Well, because you said hi to Bernard, you understand? Oh, excuse me. I work with, I probably know many more people of color than you do. Uh And I I, work with them. So I do not want to have this argument with you. But you are out out of of order. And you're out of line. Okay, fine. Let me just say this. That the discussion I just heard now makes me so angry. Uh-oh, here comes I'm the shaking. shaking. Turning I'm here shaking. To the whole, you refuse Green privilege. to understand ah. how other people in this community feel. How do you, but you refuse. How do because, I refuse? Because you're, you're obviously not going to support this. Pause it. You're, you must believe what I believe, or you're a horrible human being. Terrible. Believe it. How can you not agree with me on this? If you don't agree, if you have your own separate thought, damn you. Let's continue. You're obviously not going to support this. And what you're doing. You don't know what I'm going to support, but I have a Quit interrupting me. Oh. You're accusing me of things that are wrong. Quit interrupting me. I'm going to finish my statement. What I heard was a racist statement. What I heard was a racist statement. No. No what? You're just crediting. I'm. God damn, Gina. Oh, I'm no, passionate God. about this. Oh. I'm so passionate about hearing the all sides of the story, and for you to disregard the fact that white privilege exists is beyond me. Oh, is that some of the most incredible uh, idiocracy you've ever heard in your life? 
880-KNST, 880-5678. Again, that was at a city council meeting in New Brighton, Minnesota. Uh, why don't these people think that they're white and they have their white privilege? Why don't they just say, I'm going to resign and back a person of color for my job? Why not do that? Just because you are white means that all of a sudden you must acknowledge this and you are bad. You know what's funny? That's like an accepted stereotype. Like the biggest accepted stereotype from these maniacs is if you're white, you have white privilege. If you have, if you make any stereotype about anybody else, you're a horrible person. You're a racist. But this is okay. This is all right. You can pound 250, ask for Garrett Lewis, and uh, you'll get right in on the, the listener line as well. Um, just... Lady shaking. She is crying. I got this. Uh, I lived in New Brighton after I got out of the army while I was finishing college. It is a working class St. Paul suburb and as white as possible. <laughs> Man, these two white people just going at it about the white privilege. I just, I love it. I love it. We we have to make sure that we understand what it's like. I, I What an insult, by the way. Um, you know, as a white person... I have no problem if a person of color, a non-white person, whatever it might be, might be in charge and do things. Do I think they can't make a decision that would impact me in a positive way or any way because they can't relate to me? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. We're Americans. We're supposed to have American values. doesn't matter the color of your skin. Ah, it's just so dumb. Well, everybody in that room was, was white. Yes. So they all... Did the uh, the proper elect- electoral procedures and got on the board. I guess they represented the people, or they they were voted in by people. Yeah, that that's it. What does she want to do? Acknowledge what? And when you acknowledge this, that's when all of a sudden you have to acknowledge it and say you're sorry for things you didn't do and give up things that you shouldn't have to give up. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. Okay. Quick one. Hang on. James, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hi. How you doing? All right. Um, I get sort of irritated about this white privilege stuff because. My parents and I own the business in town for pretty much 30 years, and we do certain things, and I can't really get into it because I still do work for them, but I got a packet one time because they wanted me to do some special work for them, and ended up, my uh, parents and I own the business, and we looked through it, and they had a, they wanted to know everything about my race, this, that. Everything on the line, I did, I'm a white Caucasian, and everything on the line, had nothing to do with me other than there was something called other. And I told my mom, I looked at her, I'm laughing, I'm like, I guess I'm considered an other now. And I turned the paper over, and no, that was for religious-type purposes. I could not bid on a municipal-type job in town here because the packet said that I had to be a minority. Because them as a corporation, this, that, and stuff, didn't have enough there. So everybody that they had bidding on jobs... They had to kind of find a minority to do it to make it for the government would sustain them. And at that point in time, I got very discouraged because I was always taught the best person for the job was the one who got the job, not because I was something, something, something. Are you talking and, about, the, hang on, hang on, are you talking about the city of Tucson or another entity? Um, it's not the city of Tucson, but it's a big entity that's, you know, a power type thing, if you, you know what I mean. University of Arizona. Stop no. guessing. He can't Pima say. County. I, no, I'm not going to sit there and say it because I still do business with him on commercial type stuff. You know, but, this reminds me, hang on, I think that there is some kind of, 
there's some kind of local law. I think we've talked about it. People can call in and remind me. It's years been years since we talked about it. Where you actually, they actually have to do. They have to give a certain amount of jobs to minorities. It doesn't it's not based yeah, on anything else but that. Yeah, to get their government subsidies. And yes. stuff, they have to have so many people uh, working for them and stuff. So yeah, it just it blew my mind. You know, because the reason I got the job is that I did a great job for the guy who's the vice president this and he goes hey you know what go ahead send this guy out a packet because i want him to do search and search and when uh we were looking through it no i couldn't even bid on the job See? and it just disappointed me so much because you know like i said my parents and i yeah. and here's the scary part i could have put my mom in charge of the whole business at 51 percent and i would have gotten all kinds of privileges because she's a woman Yes. Yes. Well, there. So there goes that myth of being, you know, using your white privilege to get ahead in life. Now, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, it just like I said, you know, I've worked hard since fourteen. I, Dad and I have been working together for forty years, and he taught me the the trade, this, that, and we're some of the best. And you know, for them to sit there and say that, you know, just because I wasn't this, 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 you know, I couldn't get the job, and I, I just was so disappointed. I almost didn't want to do any more work for this business but you know what when you're in small businesses you take what you can and yeah. how you can and i hate to put it that way but you know it's it's hard to struggle right now but if i could interject one thing sure people who have a problem with the way the politics this that and everything else now my dad and i um have had the best year in 10 years plus this year for our business this year in town here, yeah, I have management companies on high-rise businesses that want me to come in because they got people who want to lease here and actually want to sit there and invest. So I've had one of the best years ever. Now, in, but I just want to hang, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 I want to, I want to get into that. Hang on, hang on. So that's in Pima County or in Tucson? Where you having this? And I'm not oh, trying. This is Tucson. So, so this happening now. This isn't happening because all of a sudden Tucson became business friendly. Is this the Trump well, effect? No, no, actually. Uh, it is happening in uh, Tucson, down on uh, down down Tucson. No, no, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Businesses, yes. the management companies are now finally throwing some money out to refurbish stuff. Now, listen to me. Hang yeah. on, slow down, slow down. I, my point right. is, is that why is this happening? Is this happening because all of a sudden Tucson is business friendly? Or no, you, no, hang no, on, no, hey, 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 hey. Thanks to somebody who's business friendly, who's in charge of everything. This is Mike. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. this is the Trump effect. Exactly. Uh, there you go. Gets, you know, and everybody who wants to argue with me, I look at them, I'm like, since when have you written a check for somebody? Yeah. Since when don't you, you know, use your own money? That's what gets me. Anybody who's in charge of everybody else's money needs to have wrote, uh, done their own money. You know what's funny? I don't know if you heard the soundbite or not. Right after Steve Kazachik won re-election, he said that we don't, we don't need and stand for and accept Trump values in this community. And no, yeah. we, we don't, we don't know if you heard that. I mean, so the Trump values, the Trump business opportunity are causing people to want to invest more in Tucson and the exactly. Tucson, the Tucson leadership wants it to get the hell out of here. Yeah. It's nothing to do with any uh, commerce is that it's just actually these uh, management companies see a light at the end of the tunnel. So they're willing to invest a lot of money to redo, you know, some of the high rises in town, you know, certain floors. Is yeah. that I've already done two floors. I'm working on the third floor, and that's because they got people coming in wanting to spend money. There you go. And it's not because of Tucson. 
it's because they're actually able to make money now. Yep, and the regulations are coming off, and they're assuming they're going to have yep. taxes lowered, and they're going to re—they're going to invest their money, not just hold on to it. What a surprise, huh? What a shock! Yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's yeah. what I tell everybody. Now, yeah. own your own business. Use your own money to sit there and do a business. You know, but yeah, it still comes back to I, I was so disappointed when somebody told me that you know me being white Caucasian, I didn't get a job because. And Lord knows who did the job. I mean, dude, welcome to the club, man. Hey, listen, I got, I got, I'm short, I'm short on time, but I want you to keep me uh, updated on your business and 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 what you're facing out there, if it's improving or not improving, if you don't mind, okay? Well, yeah. Yesterday, I actually I got a call and said they're uh, doing another floor at this uh, at oh. one of the biz, uh, floors down in uh, Tucson down there. Okay. Well, then listen, stay in touch. Stay in touch. Um, I, I we need to know these things. Now, uh, welcome to the club. Again, I've said this story many, many times. When I was in college, I was told I'm not going to qualify for any kind of aid because I'm a white male. I was told by a black sports anchor in my first job in this business that I'll have to work extra hard because uh, it's going to be tough me, tough for me to get a job, tougher for me than anybody else because I'm a white male. So welcome to the – there's the white privilege that that lady was talking about. There it is. Listen, we'll continue. I'm running short, uh, and I, I want, I'm going to look up that, that stinking law, too, that says – uh, minority-owned businesses get the 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 nod over everybody else. It's got to be a certain amount. We'll get to that coming up. KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Stimulating talk. Eight forty three. Three things I think you need to know on this Tuesday. Hello. Kind of gray outside. Looks like a soup day again today. It's the one chilly day we're gonna have. And maybe chili's good. Anyway, three things that I think you need to know. Uh, this Texas style, no beans. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Well, no, I've had beans. I like beans. I don't know. Well, leave me alone. I can't. I can't think about I that right now. My culture. Stop. <laughs> you stop it. Uh, first thing I think you need to know: John Conyers just announced he's retiring today. I believe it sounded like this. So he, the perv, the big old perv, quit, which is good. Get out of here, Conyers. Go feel your own thighs. What a sicko, man. Well, he's feeling everybody else's thighs in church. On top of that, where's the line start? <laughs> His own line. <laughs> Yep. I'm retiring today. He's been in office since dinosaurs roamed the earth. 88 years old. Uh, All right. Second thing that I think you need to know. uh, I think this is huge. This is flipping huge. Uh, Border arrests have plunged because people aren't trying to come over here at the same rate as they used to. Right. This this is unbelievable. Uh, 45 year low. Border patrol arrests, 45-year low. We'll get into this in the next hour. Uh, Deportation arrests have soared. So people aren't trying to get across like they used to, and the ones that are here illegally are getting booted. Sweet. Uh, Third thing I think you need to know, Trump uh, put America first, pulled us out of a U.N. program, uh, a program that would have uh, apparently, it would have, the U.N. would have managed. Obama got us into it. It was a global thing where they would have made the rules for countries to allow certain refugees and other people into the country. So Trump's like, no, 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 we need our sovereignty. So Nikki Haley told the UN, yeah, we, you know, thanks. I'm sure it's nice, but we're going to be in charge of our own rules as to who comes into our country, who enters. So we're out of this thing. And the UN, of course, is mad. But bye. Three things I think you need to know. Hang on. Uh, I want to start with Jesse. Jesse, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to share some of my uh, experiences with white privilege. Okay. All right. Uh, sometime back, I wanted to be a county sheriff. 
So they accepted me, and I went to the, the tryouts, the application and all that. And after my physical uh, uh, test, I started puking, not because I was out of shape. It's just because I wanted to be the best, and I, I went that extra bit okay. and, may, and maybe overdid it, and I was puking. And uh, one of the instructors come over and says, uh, why are you trying so hard? Don't try. You're not going to make it anyway. And I asked him, and he says, I asked him why. He goes, because uh, we're not looking for Caucasians. We need minorities. And he says, you're not going to make it through. I said, okay. So I waited about a year or so, and I, I tried again, and they accepted me. And kind of the same thing happened. He goes, uh, we're not looking for guys like you. And uh, Holy says, smokes. Well, I, I go, well, why did you even accept me to try out? And they, what it ended up is they can't turn me away. It's just once I get there, they can say, well, you didn't make it. Uh, not because I, I wasn't good enough. It's because I was white. Where was this? Hey, there's, there's my, my white privilege. I got you. I got you. Jesse, where was this? Uh, it was to our state to the left. Uh, was California? California? Yeah, it was in Escondido County. Wow, and they just flat out told you that. They flat out came out and said, don't even try so hard. How many years ago was this? Pardon? How many years ago was this? Uh, it was like the early 90s. Wow. Unbelievable, man. And you, you, what, By the way, was that guy white that told you that? Don't try so hard? We're looking for minorities? Yes. Oh, looks like I get all the privilege. Though. Yeah, I mean, where's the damn white privilege? Why do they have all these college That's classes about... White this, white that. I'm just, I'm over it, man, man. So, yes. so well, my message, because I'm on the radio, my message to everyone, they can shut their white privilege up there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going. Uh, thank you, Jesse. Dude, I feel bad. I'm sorry you had to deal with that stuff. Thank you very much for sharing. These are real legitimate stories. Hey, I wonder what Supervisor Dick Elias over there in uh, Pima County, what would he say about that? Because he says he can't drive uh, north of River Road because he's brown. Can you get the Kazachik sound by real quick too, if you don't mind from uh, from last from a couple weeks ago when he talked about yeah? Okay, let's first go to uh, Rodney. Rodney, thanks for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Uh, morning. Hi. Uh, my comment was when you were speaking of the you know business contracts going to the minorities and all that. The government does do that and they give preferences and it's a point system that they use and you know some minorities that fit in categories can literally charge thirty percent higher and the government will still give them the contract mm -hmm. but uh... it's private industry as well years ago <clears throat> this was probably about twelve years ago i purchased a piece of property here in town on the corner it was a functioning gas station when i purchased it although it was unbranded you know wasn't shell exxon whatever so i contacted you know all the major guys and uh... the only one that was interested just due to proximity closest to other stations was exxon and Exxon said, wow, we love your location, we the size of the you know, it was on the corner, the amount of pumps you have, this is great. They said, do you have $500,000 cash on top of owning the property that I just paid 400000 for? And I said, well, no, I, I, I do not. They said, oh, if you're a minority, we can do it for 110000 So for some reason, even private industry gave an 80% discount to a minority franchise, oh, wow. as, as opposed to a non-minority I'm going to assume that they would get some kind of credits or tax write-off. Correct. Write -off, Correct. Right? That's exactly what it is. They can report to the federal government for some type of tax incentive that they're supporting or have done X amount to uh, promote minority businesses. That's exactly what it is. Holy smokes. Needless to say, I didn't do that. I developed the property into another business and did very well there and actually sold the property when real estate went through the roof. And, you know, it was probably a better thing had happened that way than the way it did. But nonetheless... You know, that's so it's not just government that's doing this contract wise. 
private industry does as well, you know, motivated by the government. Motivated, exactly. exactly. Well, I wonder now if it's 2017, if you could, even if you're white, you could just say, no, 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 no. I identify as a Hispanic man. Or a black that, that, man, that, and you can't that, stop that, me, that right? That may be true, and, and, and how can they dispute you? Exactly. You can't. You can't now. That's right. So, oh, man. That's, oh. Well, thank you for bringing that to light, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome, sir. Thanks, Rodney. Take care. I keep hitting that damn bell. Sorry about that. Uh, here is the Kazachik soundbite real quick. If you missed it, uh, at his victory party a couple weeks ago, uh, again, we had that guy call up uh, earlier in the hour say that his business is booming, and it's not because Tucson's business friendly. It's because people now have confidence investing their money because of Trump. Uh, this is what a current and, and a newly reelected city councilman Steve Kazachik had to say. Here we go. The 2016 presidential election, and I am grateful to all of you who care enough about this community to not sit this one out. It is fundamentally important to preserving the values, Tucson values, who we are, that we now, as Joe was saying earlier, get energized, continue to be energized and participate in the democratic process to make sure that we don't turn Tucson over, Southern Arizona area, the Peyton County region over, to the Trump theology, there which is go. quite frankly what it is, that uh, has no business in this community. Mm. So thank you for caring enough about who we are as a community, for showing up, for making the phone calls, for knocking that's on the doors. There you go. It's not needed, even though that's the only thing that's keeping this, this place going. And what he's doing is turning it into a giant dump. And by the way, we were the only media to bring that up. Not nobody else, but high pants Bud Foster over there at Tucson News Now and his boss with his awesome editorials about nothing. Uh, they didn't ask Steve a thing about this. Why would they? 851 continue. It's KNST. It's week. You're right. 907. Hi, it's your morning ritual. Uh, with me, Garrett Lewis on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. And there are three things I think you need to know. Number one, John Conyers. Uh, the old fossil perv has announced he's going to retire after women are coming out saying he touched me here, he touched me there, he touched me near my underwear. It's true. He's like up like in the thigh at church. Anyway, it's what one of them said. Uh, what's even better is he I'm retiring today. And, uh, and in fitting corrupt DC fashion and Detroit fashion too, by the way, he wants his son to take over the seat. Because that's what we need. More Kanyas. Really quick. Because everything goes back to Seinfeld. John Conyers is 88. What is his son? 70? 65? I want my son to take over. Mandelbaum. 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 <laughs> I can lift this over my head. My back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, same thing. <laughs> You trying to say my dad's weak? <laughs> anyway, so he's he's gonna he's gonna just go away. Second thing, maybe he can he and McCain can hang out at the same place, eat some Jello. Second thing that I, yeah, don't, second don't thing not Jello. Fine, it's gross. Second thing that I think you need to know uh, is that uh, border patrol crossings or arrests, I should say, arrests are down. Down. I'll get into this and in uh, get more into this in the in this hour. But they are dropping significantly, forty-five year low because I guess people aren't coming over like they like they used to. Now on the uh, reverse end, you have a surge in interior arrests of illegal aliens by ICE. That's right. So they're arresting more illegals in this country, and they are not arresting as many coming across the border because I'm assuming there aren't that many or are the same amount coming across the border because they realize they're getting caught. Third thing I think you need to know, and this is a big deal, and I don't know why it's not getting more pub at all, 
But I was in the Washington Free Beacon, and I put this on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. Uh, Turns out Trump pulls United States out of U.N. immigration deal. Obama set this globalist thing up. It was a U.N.-organized global compact on migration. And the U.N. was going to be able to tell us uh, who should come into our country, who we should take, and that was it. So Ambassador Nikki Haley said, our decisions on immigration policies must always be made by Americans and Americans alone. We will decide how to best control our borders and who will be allowed to enter our country. So I'm out. And the U.N.'s mad. But good. America first. It's about time. It's about time. Three things that I think you need to know, to know, to know. Um, now, uh, before I get to uh, this story about this this teacher, I got this. Well, I'll get to that after. I'll get this emails after. Anyway, um, there's this story from, I believe it's Campus Reform. Yes, Campus Reform. Uh, and, and this is just, this is another college story, another college waste. I did it a couple hours ago, how a college professor at Penn State University, she's claiming that uh, uh, if, you, if you're a man and you eat meat, the whole thing behind that, the reason you do that is to try to keep women down and you're using that, that's a symbol of your power over women or something like that. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. They said veg- women can be vegetarians to take their power back from men or something. It's the dumbest thing ever. But she gets paid by Penn State University and taxpayers in Pennsylvania. So, um... Apparently, a University of Colorado at Denver administrator is worried. White children may forfeit their humanity if they aren't raised by sufficiently progressive parents. I'm not progressive. My wife is not progressive. We have two white children. I shall raise your children as my own. (laughs) In this article, written by Naomi Nishi, she facilitates educational programs for professors and once in a while will teach classes. She argues, you ready for this? Parents should employ critical race parenting. There's something called critical race theory. Now there's critical race parenting. To prevent white children from committing racial micro microaggressions against their peers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is happening. She suggests in her little piece that she published that white people, oh yeah, are constantly wielding racial microaggressions. You. I, sorry. Thanks, Don. <laughs> Ryan, you work with me. You're not white. I am. You know, you're married to a white woman. Yes. Is she constantly wielding racial microaggressions? Uh, Yes. <laughs> And her power to have me do things exactly. around the house. That's marriage. In the disguise of honey There you do's. go. There you go. That's racist. Oh, is she anyway, bring that up next time. You should. You're using your white power to make me cook for you, lady. Um, white delicious. White people are constantly wielding mic- racial microaggressions, she says, and that over time, these microaggressions can cause racial battle fatigue, noting children of color are especially susceptible to the self-hatred this causes. What are these people doing? Why are these people employed? Is that why I drink? Maybe. <laughs> ask your own parents. <laughs> My dad would probably say, yeah, yeah probably. he's married to a Hispanic lady. So, yeah, exactly. So this, this, this whole thing, I think they literally make up stuff. It's like, you know, in, acad- in, in corporate America, they make up these corporate idioms and these words and emails that make no sense. You're like, this literally means nothing. You could see it in job descriptions. You could read it in statements and what we're going to do. And it's these stupid corporate statements that mean nothing. And in academia, it's the same thing. They make up these random academic statements that mean nothing. 
White children, on the other hand, are especially prone to committing racial microaggressions because they learn a complicated dance of whiteness, she writes. They, so my child is learning a complicated dance of whiteness, which, I mean, let's face it, that is impossible because white people apparently can't dance, right? But apparently my child is learning a complicated dance of whiteness. It teaches them not only to maintain and defend whiteness, but to do so while claiming to be colorblind. I, this chick is nuts. It says here in Campus Reform, her article focuses mainly on her own experiences as a parent. She's preoccupied with whiteness among children, eventually asserting that whites, to pay for their embracing of whiteness, forfeit their own humanity. University of Denver, Colorado. Yeah. White, 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 white. And again, wait, wait, wait. But it, they're what? teaching them how to dance, right? Again, white people can't dance, so I, it makes. Is this no the sense. dance you're teaching? You're teaching the non-dance dance to white kids. It's actually the overbite. The white man's overbite. The white man overbite. Oh. Forget you. You're not white. You don't get it. Don't appro- oh, I see how you it is. Can't, you can't appropriate my culture like that. You can't just like bring me into it. Let me be a part of it. You don't want to be a part of that. I'm looking out for your own best interest. Are you sure? <laughs> Have you seen my dancing? No. I may be. No. So literally, this woman does all this. I wonder what, again, Supervisor uh, Dick Elias at Pima County would say about this because he got mad when Allie Miller's like, I'm sick and tired of getting kicked around because I'm white. And that, of course, is racist, right? Yeah, right. So she actually writes, thus whites enter into this Faustian exchange, even as children, and begin the sadomasochistic relationship where in their work... To love whiteness, their souls waste away as they are quietly tearing themselves from humanity and real love. She is an administrator at the University of Colorado, Denver. She then questions whether it's possible for parents to prevent children from developing a white identity. Wait, what? Should we not, should blacks not celebrate Black History Month and have a black identity and should there not be white... Apparently not. This is like the most insane thing. I'm, t- I'm telling you again. I'm telling you. Um, she suggests parents ought to teach their kids to, quote, reject whiteness and white identity. Can we instead begin at the core with our white children and to work to ward off white identity and whiteness before children succumb and forfeit their humanity in order to join the oppressor? Like, this is this is crazy crap right here. Like, this is insane, racist like Obama preacher, that guy with the, you know, the chickens coming home to roost, that guy. Right. Right. This, this right is what guy. it reminds me of. Yeah. Jeremiah Wright. Thank you. you. Yes. Uh, her article was published in the latest issue of Journal of Qualitative Studies in Education, which is quite frightening. Uh-huh. It was alongside a half dozen other articles on the importance of the emerging field of critical race parenting. Critical race parenting. In the same issue, a guy named Kristen, or a woman, Kristen DePau, a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, can't get any more white than that, right, published an article skeptical of white parents who may be tempted to adopt a colorblind perspective in the home. So now you can't win. You get this one saying, be colorblind, reject whiteness, be anything but white, and this other one saying, even if you're white, I really don't think you could actually be colorblind. You're just going to be racist automatically. And then there's the best. Roberto Montoya teaches at the University of Colorado also wrote an essay in the same Journal of uh, Qualitative Studies and Education on how parenting in the era of Trump is cisphian. Like cisgender? 
No, I don't. I don't okay. even. I don't. Well, so what about the who reads this stuff? I don't know, but what about parenting in the era of Obama? Was it different then? Uh, a year, of course. Year it, was, it was the age of enlightenment. Oh, so we're back in the dark ages. Well, now we are. Or is this the orange ages? I don't. I don't know. I. I <laughs> you like that? Huh? I don't know. Orange ages. I like the orange ages. I. This is just the most insane garbage I've ever seen ever. And this is a college, and this is why college is expensive, and they should all be fired. Like, I mean, there's no reason they need to be there. What are they doing that's going to help people actually become productive members of society and get jobs? That's what I want to know. Right? Well, it should be easier to get a job. Not necessarily productive, but you can scream racism and get whatever job you're applying to. Mm-hmm. Check this guy out right here. What? He has a good story. Okay, one second. Sisyphus, by the way, uh, according to Wikipedia, again, I... Uh, Self-aggrandizing craftiness and deceitfulness. Yes. Uh, he was the guy that was supposed to roll the big boulder up the hill, only to watch it come back and hit him over uh, and over for an eternity. So that's what they're comparing Trump to and blah, 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 blah. This is what is going on. This is what we have to deal with. This is what parenting is now. I actually feel pretty good right about it. Okay, so you have that. So again, real real world versus academia. Let me just remind you again. Real world versus academia. Okay? Uh, critical race parenting in the Trump era. A Sisyphean endeavor? Parable? What is it? What's going on? Uh, this guy writes that uh, critical race theory, critical race parenting, critical whiteness studies. You have to look at Trump and the ways whiteness, patriarchy, sexism, xenophobia, ableism, and racism function in social, cultural, economic, and educational spheres. Uh, concluded the discussion of importance of talking about race, racism, heterosexism with our children, which disrupts whiteness, sexism, and patriarchy, and ultimately Trump and his administration, because he's all of that. That's what they say. Yeah, that's, the, that's an academia where people you know, talk about theory of whatever because they have nothing else to do. they got to justify their jobs. Versus the real world. Let me remind you what the real world says, okay? Uh, a poll done. Best time to find a job in years. Gallup, state of the American workplace. 51% of currently employed adults in America say they are searching for new jobs or watching for new job opportunities. 47% say now is a good time to find a quality job. They're optimistic about their chances. 51% say they're searching and and they are watching. Forty seven percent say it's a great time to look for a new good time to look for a new a quality job. In twenty twelve, only nineteen percent of the American public agreed it was a good time to find a quality job. Now, is this for everybody or just white people? Uh, Americans. Well, okay, so in for everybody the, in the real world, Americans are extremely excited about their job prospects because things are looking good. In academia, Trump's the freaking devil, and uh, you know if you don't do critical parenting theory or something like that then what's going to happen is you're going to raise racist white children and America's going down. So teach your kids to hate themselves and not be white based, you know, hate themselves on the color of their skin and go from there. You see the difference between the, the private sector and the and, and college? Holy smokes. This is just, this is crazy. We're getting, I'll get to them. We got to, it's 920. We got to take a quick break. We got, we got to, got to take time out. I'll get to the calls coming up about all this stuff. Because uh, it it's, again, college, it's insane, man. People need to stand up to this stuff. I hope that, I think once everything gets settled down with uh, with tax reform and they get Obamacare next year, they better, and all this other stuff, right? I remember Trump, when he was running, he was talking about cutting college aid off if they do these stupid, ridiculous 
Remember that? When he was a yeah, candidate, yeah, yeah. you know, cutting uh, aid off to colleges if they do these stupid things like this. I hope he gets back to it for the good of the country. All right, we'll continue uh, with your reaction in about uh, four minutes. 921 Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 927, going to be 68 today. It's another soup day. It's a coffee day. Why can't it be pizza day? When it's is a that nap day? day. I wish. Every day's pizza day. Maybe it's Hofbrau day. No, every day's pizza day. It's just, it's kind of gray outside. I kind of dig it. Um, it makes me want to go to sleep. I hope I keep you awake. My goodness. Anyway, uh, facebook.com slash Radio. Like it and follow it. That's my page. I'm putting stuff up there all show long and throughout the day as well because that's just, that's what I do. And uh, at Garrett Lewis on Twitter, please follow me there as well because uh, it's a lot of fun. All right? It's a lot of fun. 880-KNST, uh, 880-5678-pound-250 as well. If you'd like to get in, it saves you digits, saves you finger movements. Pound 250, just ask for Garrett Lewis in the movie phone voice. Guys like, what would you like? Say, Garrett Lewis, that puts you right through. Uh, let's go to Roy. Roy, welcome to KNST. Thanks for waiting. Hi, uh, Hi. Garrett, good morning. Um, my name's Roy. I worked for one of the largest missile manufacturing companies in the world, uh, located here in Tucson. I won't name what that was. I can only imagine. Yeah, so kind of as a story, as a reaction to white privilege, uh, I'd been there for a while, and I used to go to supply cabinet to pick up supplies like pads, paper, and so forth. And I noticed that every time I picked up a ballpoint pen, that I got back to my desk, wrote a sentence or two, and it stopped. It just quit. There would be no more ink. So I, I'd do that three or four times. I finally said, this is nuts. I tracked down the buyer responsible for the supply cabinet and also for who purchases pens for this manufacturing company. And as you know, many large uh, companies have minority owned buying restrictions. They have to fill certain requirements for contracts with minority-owned businesses, irrespective of qualifications. So I started asking about the, these pens, and they said, oh, yeah, um, I purchased those. I get them from the Blackfeet Indians in North Dakota. And I said, well, they don't work. I said, they, they dry up every time I start war- uh, using them. And they said, well, we know that. But because they're the only uh, Native American manufacturer of pens, we have to fill our contract with them, and we're just going to continue to buy them. So just throw them away like everybody else does. Are you serious? No, I'm, ser- <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> they had to fulfill the quota for certain minority-owned businesses, whether it's Hispanic, Black, uh, Asian, Native American. And if the product didn't work, uh, mm. we're still buying it, but... Uh, can't do a thing about it. So they had to do that just so, I'm assuming, again, to get some kind of tax break, credit. Or, yep, this, is why, this, why the, this is why the government just sucks. I just want them out. Just leave us alone. Just pave the roads, kill the terrorists, secure the borders, and leave me alone. That's yeah, what it, it, that's it, what it, 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 it was nuts. And if we did not comply to the to the percentage uh, offset or the percentage requirements for my own business, we got uh, censored or penalized by the government because we weren't uh, properly yeah. uh, writing contracts. There you go. So they get to manipulate the free market to make themselves feel better and to, to steer business in certain directions that they think is fair. That's, that is, that, that's that just, is correct. That's awful. That is awful. He got it right when he said just check the box. Yeah. That's all they're looking for. Well, too bad when you check the box. Apparently the pen didn't work, so you can't even check the <laughs> damn box. <laughs> that's correct. That's too much. <laughs> Roy, thank you for telling us about this. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Take care. I think if people knew all these stories... That's why we're doing this. They knew more of these stories. It would drive them nuts. The only problem is not everybody listens. Everybody should be listening. Well, the worst part is these things affect you. You don't even see how they affect exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. Lowest bidder building your house. You know, you just you just don't see it. 
It's like when you don't see John Conyers' hand running up your thigh in church. But you feel it. You call him the ghost. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave Smith, Dave and, 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 and Betsy listening on iHeartRadio in El Paso. What's happening, Dave? Hey, man, we're actually in New Mexico now. In fact, I'm coming up to a Border Patrol check station. Oh, very cool. In just a second. Yeah. Just so, when, when you go by, just say Trump, and they'll let you right through. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What, you know, once again, a great show. That's why we listen to you everywhere we go in the country. Because of your insight. And, man, you, this this morning, you have absolutely shown how shallow and incomplete intellectual thought has become in the academic world. Oh, yeah. And, and it's fabulous, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's quite scary. It bothers me. And, and I'm just thinking about selfishly what I'm going to have to pay for my kids to go to college, you know, and i got to pay for these meatheads that literally do nothing and produce nothing to come up with these cockamamie ideas that mean nothing. Right, they are shallow. They're bereft. And here's our. I'm listening to these people call in, and these are all the your your listeners that all have common sense. So they're trying to actually respond to this as if it's some real scientific thing. They, those people, they don't believe in there's any such thing as white privilege. Uh, they don't believe in, in diversity. They don't believe in implicit bias. They those are terms that simply mean shut up. Your ideas are counterfeit. Your achievements are invalid, and I don't need to listen to your ideas. That's what that's what mm-hmm. that's what all that means. Yep. Hey, Dave, what about that guy who was trying to apply to be a, a sheriff's deputy in California, and he didn't make the grade only because he was he was white? I mean, how do you combat that in law enforcement where they're they're being made to do this? Well, this is a, this isn't a new thing. This has been going on for fifty years. The affirmative action simply says that some people uh, need an advantage because we were racially uh, uh, biased in the past. So the way to, to balance for racial bias is to use it uh, the other way against other people. And it's, there was debate. I can remember, again, sitting in college in the early 70s debating what, how long would we have affirmative action? How long would we have these things? And what it does, it, it, it's just sustaining racial prejudice, but we're just saying it's, it's okay as long as we pick the right groups to be prejudiced for or against. And this again, this is all intellectual claptrap that, that continues to this day. And, you know, you sit back and you say, yeah, it sustains it. I mean, I, I could not blame someone uh, if they are not chosen to go to a job or a university based on the color of their skin, but other people that, that aren't as qualified do. Now, it doesn't mean white people get the shaft all the time. There could be black people that go, you know, we hit our quota with blacks. We have to take a Hispanic. And then you sit back and go, but the black person deserves it. They have the grades. They qualify, whatever it might be. And that's what's going to make people say, I hate this system. And then they start to get these, these just, I mean, these, these feelings of resentment toward other people of different, different diversities, different races, you name it. Well, that's exactly right. It's the idea that becoming more and more race conscious will eliminate race consciousness is absurd on its face, yet that is essentially what your sociologists and your, your linguists and your anthropologists in these universities and these sheltered halls mm-hmm. uh, reaffirm to themselves. And again, no debate. You must not debate if you are going to use intellect or real-life experience. They'll just shut you down by telling you, well, you have obviously implicit bias or you have white privilege. You're not, I don't need to listen to your point. You're exactly right. That's why that lady, that mayor of uh, that little town in 
in Minnesota. I mean, just just what a nut. If you missed it, go to KNST.com or on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it, and you'll see it. Uh, listen, Dave, uh, you and Betsy, be safe on your travels, and I can't thank you enough for listening to us on the iHeartRadio app. Thank you so much. Be safe. Yeah, great job, you guys. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Fantastic. 934. There's so much more we need to get to as well. Uh, the story about uh, why all of a sudden Border Patrol arrests are down but deportation arrests are up. You got to hear this. This is like first real big time stats that are coming out. And I'll get into the John Conyers stuff. And we'll play Joy Behar and the clueless Megan McCain as well. Oh, there's a big finale we have coming up in the last 25 minutes of the show. Here's the latest from Fox. ICE enforced, yes, Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, increased 25% in arrests here in Interior. The illegals here up from a year ago. A 25% increase. We'll get into that. Isn't that just fantastic? I think it's great. Third thing, I think you need to know i mean which one what do you want to go with which which part which one the economy do you want to go with the uh i mean there's so much how about this one though i like the america first this warms my heart though trump has pulled us out of a of a un immigration deal uh the global compact on migration could have undermined our sovereignty so says nikki haley and rex tillerson obama set us up to do this next year to, to team up with the un where they make the rules they tell us who comes in are you kidding me? And Trump and the rest said, you know what? We make the rules in our own country. Thank you for playing, though. And the U.N.'s mad. America first. It worked. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, now, I'm just obsessed real fast with uh, this whole John Conyers thing. Because the ego on you. I mean, you have to know how many chicks you groped and what you did and everything else, right? You'd, you'd think so. And you still want to stay in there. Read the bill. It's John Conyers, right? Read the bill. Um, well, the details about John Conyers uh, groping, yes, groping the thigh. Oh, yeah. I'm not like, oh, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not appetizing, but it's amazing. Detroit News, another woman who worked for Conyers, accusing him of touching her inappropriately by stroking and rubbing my thighs, end quote, and appearing naked before her. Remember was he would just hang out in his underwear in the office? Now it's naked? Who are these people? Elisa Grubbs. Worked for Conyers from 2001 to 2030. Imagine seeing that dinosaur walking around naked. Do I have? That's in my brain. Those things need a bra or a bro. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Elisa Grubbs. Worked for him from 2001 to 2013. She also witnessed him touching and stroking the legs and buttocks of Marion Brown, her cousin and other female employees of the congressman, quote, on multiple occasions, end quote. She wrote in an affidavit posted on Twitter by her attorney, Lisa Bloom, who that's Gloria Allred's daughter. When Representative Conyers would inappropriately touch me like this, my eyes would pop out and I would be stunned in disbelief. Say that again. When Representative Conyers would... Whose daughter was that? uh, Gloria Allred's. She's the one, this Lisa Bloom is the same one that represented uh, Kathy uh, Griffin. Right. So it makes me think, hmm, but anyway, she, he would do this. He did this a bunch of women. Wow. Uh, Lisa Bloom said uh, her affidavit, her client's affidavit, is the first of several she'll release describing allegations that Conyers sexually harassed employees and, quote, covered up complaints. Didn't they all? She said she was star. Okay. She described a time Conyers slid his hand up her skirt when she was sitting next to him in the front row of a church. She was startled, jumped to her feet, exclaiming, he just ran his hand up my thigh. She said it was witnessed by other staffers. On another occasion, she was at Conyers' home. Like, why would you go? Like, isn't that creepy? Like, at that point, you quit, right? 
She was at Conyers' home when he emerged from the bathroom naked. Uh. She said she ran out of the house. Must not have been a good sign or a good scene or whatever. She were, she said Conyers referred to her and her and uh, and her uh, cousin as quote big girl cousins, and would often say quote those are some big girls. Witnessing Conyers rub women's thighs and buttocks and make comments about women's physical attributes was a regular part of life while working in the office of Congressman Conyers. Man, only if he was like drunk a lot, like Grijalva. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conyers' lawyer dismissed these new allegations. He said it's nothing more than tomfoolery coming out of the mouth, coming from the mouth of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, and unworthy of further comment. Right. She had a confidentiality confidentiality agreement to go on the NBC Today show. Uh, She broke it, actually, to go on the Today show. So anyway, uh, she settled Brown's, uh, Conyers settled Brown's complaint for 27 grand using the taxpayer fund. That's the one that got 27,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Another one with the, Brown, uh, the other one, her cousin, um, she said on NBC, invited, invited, uh, Conyers invited her to his hotel room in Chicago under the guise of business. Quote, he asked me to satisfy him sexually. He pointed to the areas of genital areas of his body and asked me to, you know, touch it. What a creepy dude, man. What a creepy, creepy dude. Details. You got to know the details, though. Because they're creepy. Wait, was that wrong? You know, they, they, yeah. Once the... Uh, once you have the House and the Senate go through the sexual harassment training, they'll realize they shouldn't do that stuff. It's going to take that to let them know that that's just out of line, right? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Was that wrong? Yes, it was. <laughs> Should I not have done that? Okay. Okay, George. Real quick, uh, this is, a, is kind of an alert. Haaretz.com says Trump informs a boss. He intends to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Good. Good. <clears throat> oh, boy. Uh, 950, real fast on this, uh, this story. The federal government, the most complete stats on immigration enforcement under Trump. Border Patrol arrests plunged to a 45-year low, while arrests by deportation officers soared. I love the AP's writing on this, by the way. So, uh, lowest level of arrests by the Border Patrol since 1971. Despite the significant decline, arrests increased every month since May, largely families and unaccompanied children. Okay, sure. Um, ICE saw an increase of 25% year-to-year on arrests inside America. After Trump took office, ICE arrests surged 40% from the same period a year earlier. Okay, the numbers released, it says here by the AP, by the government Tuesday, show deportation officers are taking Trump's call for an immigration crackdown to heart, even without funding. The funding increase the president sought from Congress for more hiring. Huh. No kidding. In February, then Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly, not chief of staff, scrapped the previous administration's instructions to limit deportations to public safety threats, convicted criminals, recent border crossers, effectively making anyone in the country illegally vulnerable. There you have it. ICE said deportations totaled a decline of 6% for the previous year, but that number masks a seismic shift away from the border. ICE often takes custody of people at the border before deporting them. Interior removals jumped 25% from the previous year. They rose 37% since Trump's inauguration compared to the same time period a year ago. 
I love this. Reasons for the precipitous drop in border arrests are unclear, but Trump's election may have deterred people from trying. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So things are working well. That's just another example of positivity. What's the media going to say? Trump, Russia, you're going to jail. No, they're not. Get out of here. 952, we'll finish with a cackling hyena. Joy Behar and the clueless Megan McCain coming up on KNST.